everybody. Welcome to the Dental Diaries podcast. It is my honor to be speaking with Dr. Joanne Block Reef today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. I feel like we've been talking about this for a long time, and here it is. We have been talking about it for a long time. So I was thinking before we hopped on here about our story and when we met. And yeah. What I remember, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. I had gotten an email about you. So it was kind of in the back of my mind. And then I end up at Jamaica delivering wow. <laughs> and I think that Anissa Holmes mentioned your name or somehow I knew you were there or something. And I went dashing over to you. I brought you over the corner. You showed me how to do things on my phone right then and there in the middle of this conference. We're missing the lecture. And I, that's the story I remember. I love it. I love it. So I didn't know about the email part, but I do remember you being so insanely like passionate about kind of about moving into the space of we're talking about, you know, Instagram at the time you were not in charge of your accounts. Cause I remember us being in the hallway as well. Like the elections going on inside, we're in the hallway trying to figure out, you couldn't figure out like the password because I think a team member had had it or, or mm -hmm. something, but you were determined to get it up and going. And did you ever, not only did you like completely get into your Instagram, but you are now actually talking to other dentists about social media, which is the coolest thing in the world. I yeah. love it. So <laughs> but yeah. you were going to have your first summit. And I said, I am coming. <laughs> and I like signed up immediately. And I've been to both of them. Yes. No, you are. Yeah. No, I've been so enjoyed this journey with you. Yeah. You've been by my side since the beginning, since all of it, because it really was Jamaica. I mean, when I was practicing dentistry, it was really my hobby. I mean, it was something I loved and it was my hobby. So insanely passionate about it, but anything I know, I was just like, I'm going to pop up and do this. And you're like, woohoo, like I'm on board. Let's do it. And yeah. so I, I love and admire, like I said, your, your passion, because obviously we're alike in that, that regard for, <laughs> for knowing that social media and dentistry works today and that marketing is everything and that times have changed. And it's, it's so, it's, it's not only fun, but it's so important for us to, yeah, educate the rest of the, you know, the dentist. Yeah, we were actually out to dinner a week ago, Sunday with a non-dental couple, my husband and I, and I'm not kidding. We ran into a man who used to live in, I live in Baltimore, Maryland. He used to live here. He now moved to Florida and he was up visiting people. In fact, we're all masked and he's not wearing a mask because he's you know used to Florida, but mm -hmm. he comes over to the table after we ran into him, he comes over to the table to let me know how great everything I'm doing on social media is. Yay. Yes. My friends couldn't believe the whole thing. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That's amazing. He's like, you know, if you ever don't want to practice dentistry, you have to go into all this marketing stuff. I said, you have no idea some of the people that I'm learning from. You have no idea. This is nothing. You know, but you leaned in and it just, it speaks volumes to, like I said, just staying current with the times. Not only are you current, but like you guys all can't see right now. She's good on this like funky, amazing yellow top with like colored lips and teeth. And it's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where you are now, but like, let's go back as I always do on these podcasts with starting, cause you've been in dentistry for a while now, and this all started like me, you actually went to dental hygiene school you assisted cause you're, 
you have a parent, your dad um, was a dentist and then you went on to dental hygiene school, but then right into dental. So we kind of follow the same paths in that regard, but tell us when you were growing up, I know that you mentioned um, when you were young, you were assisting. Was it, is that where your passion for dentistry, like where you fell in love with it in your dad's office? Or were you just thinking like, hey, cool, I can make a little extra money working for my dad, <laughs> you know? Well, it's, it was a, sort of a combination. So what happened was my mother would pick me up at, and then it was junior high, not middle school. She would pick me up. I was 13 years old, one day a week. She dropped me off at dad's office and I wasn't even assisting then. I was the gopher. So what I would do is they, the assistants would leave all the rooms to be stocked up. So I would stock the cups and the bibs and whatever needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And then we didn't even have a Panorex then, certainly not digital. And we didn't even have an automatic processor. I don't know if anyone did back then, because we're no, talking 47 years ago. 47, dip, right? The, fluid. the assistants would take full mouth series and put them in the little white drinking cups that we still use. Yes. And they'd have them sitting there and I would hand dip all the full mouth series, let them dry. And by the end of the, the five o'clock or whatever, I would mount them all. Oh my God. So I was mounting that too. Those 13 days. years old. Yeah. And then when I had some downtime, you know, our recall system was a recall, like a little index card. Mm -hmm. So we had the index cards January through December, and I would go in my dad's private office because there wasn't anywhere else to go. And I would go through and call those people who were not set up for cleanings and schedule them with a pencil on an appointment book. And, and that's where I started. I was 13 years old. So let's fast forward to ready to go to college. And my father said, you can go wherever you want that you can get in. You can major whatever you want, as long as you don't want to you know, end up being a school teacher because they were a dime a dozen, anything but a school teacher. So oh. I didn't know. I oh, actually, I went and was tested at the school. They tested, they said that you should be an actuary. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> actuary. So I said, oh, I think I'll go to dental hygiene school. That sounds good. Uh -huh. Okay. So I actually wanted to go for four years, get a bachelor's and go into the same college and get, you know, I didn't want to go to University of Maryland. You had to go two years at College Park two years down at the dental school in downtown Baltimore. I didn't, I wanted the four-year experience. Mm -hmm. So I found out that the University of Rhode Island had a four-year bachelor's in dental hygiene. Oh. So I get an interview and dad, and by the way, I'm a third generation dentist. My great uncle was a dentist. Oh, so wow. he went to Maryland. My father went to Maryland. I went to Maryland. We were all three in different buildings. Wow. Now a different building. We have no one to go now. No one wanted to follow in the footsteps, unfortunately. So that. dad flies with me in the airplane to Providence. Um, the school was not in Providence, but we had to drive to Kingston from there. So we're in the airplane and he turns to me, and says, for God's sakes, don't say gums, say gingiva. <laughs> At the interview, this is what he's telling me on the plane. Oh I mean, gosh. those are the things that I remember of my yeah. young adult or whatever. Anyway, so I get into the University of Rhode Island and I, the first two years are, you know, the sciences in the next two years, you're in the clinic. I'm in the clinic my junior year. And um, I say to myself, I don't think I want to just do this. And I go to dad and he says, I told you to go to dental school. So I find out now, what do I need to go right to dental school? So I don't take a year or two off. Mm -hmm. So I had the, the um, like the nursing hygiene levels of all the organic and inorganic yeah. and all that. I didn't, I didn't have physics. Yeah. So University of Maryland or whoever told me you need to get another semester of organic, another semester of inorganic, and then you need a year of physics. 
Maryland didn't require calculus. So that's why I was definitely interested. Plus I'd be in state, but I did apply to a lot of schools. I got in some other schools, but then when I got into Maryland, I knew I was going to Maryland. So I canceled some other interviews and they said to me at this point, I would already take another semester of inorganic took a whole year of organic at um, University of Maryland, Baltimore campus, uh, one whole summer, a whole summer I took organic with the lab. And then they said, well, you're accepted this summer going into dental school, take physics a whole year, take it anywhere and just pass. So I was really lucky. I went to community college that had open book exams. Wow. That made it easy. But anyway, the program I was in in dental hygiene, the woman in charge of the program was very much up there in age. I don't know that she's, you know, around us anymore, but she was really, really backwards. It was a very backwards program. In fact, all the cuspidors or the units were set up for right-handed practitioners. I'm left-handed. So they made me work right-handed or I'd be sitting in the cuspidor. Oh my gosh. So to this day, I sit right-handed and I'm definitely a lefty. I sit and I use both hands back and forth. Huh. Both hands. The only time I need the power of my left hand if I'm like extracting on the left side and then I'll move my body, you know, to stand on the other side. But I've been practicing ambidextrous for 35 years. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that about yeah. you. But so anyway, so I'm in this hygiene program and I don't tell them that I want to go to dental school, um, but I finally tell them. And I said to the woman, you know, I'm not every Friday we had a quiz. My interview with Marilyn was on a Friday. So I said to this woman, I'm not going to say her name. And I said to her, I'm not going to be here Friday. I have an interview for dental school. I want to go to dental school. So she failed me on the quiz. And she said, you'll get in dental school because most dentists are stupid anyway. And so where is this deep-seated jealousy coming from? I think I figured it out. When she was in hygiene school, she sat next to Esther Wilkins. Ah, She was from my dental hygiene school, Forsyth. That's where they were. They said, what happened to Esther Wilkins? She became a very famous periodist. Unfortunately, she passed away a few years ago. So I think there was maybe some deep-seated jealousy. But anyway, I finished the hygiene program, took the physics, went right to dental school. Can we just talk for a minute about how crazy it is that we have to take, I, like you, similar, you know, had the hygiene, the whole thing. And they said, I had a bio a college um, bachelor of science for bio, but because I did hygiene and then practice hygiene, I had to go back as well. And I was afraid that if I didn't do the sciences, like the organic chemistry. So I took organic chem at Harvard for a summer and I went back and did those courses. And like, let's just fast forward for a second. What blows my mind is like, we don't apply any of that shit, excuse the language, but like, what the heck? I mean, the money, the investment, the time for what? Like, well, I'll tell you one thing that they have changed at Maryland. I don't know about other schools. First semester, we had to take biochem. Now, because of my lack of science background compared to the pre-meds uh, in my class, I didn't have biochem. Mm-hmm. I had to take it first year dental school. So it was really hard for me where these other kids, they didn't have to even open the book. Yeah. Now, you do not take that in dental school. You take it in college. Oh, wow. That's interesting. It's better. Well, yeah, I mean, that, and that's the thing. If you have not had it your first year, I mean, what are they trying to do? Weed everyone out anyway. So like, you're not only taking biochem, but you're taking path and like all of the things. It's so much. It's so much. I mean, I think all of us remember it well, um, especially. So how old were you when you started dental school? 
26. Oh, you're still a baby. No, excuse me, 22. 22. Oh my God, you were so young. Oh, you're so young. I think I was 26. Or 20 so I went to college from 18 to 22, started dental school when I was 22. So I walked, so yeah, I, when I walked in, and now granted, we still had a third women in my class, but I walk in the first day and, you know, they have a hygiene school in Maryland. So they have dental, and you know, so I walk in the first day and they point to, to go to the dental hygiene. Ah. I'm like, uh-uh, been there, done that. So, um, you yeah, know, that was, uh, so I went to dental school, finished in, you know, four years. And um, didn't really get any residencies that I was crazy about. I was trying to follow a, a boyfriend and all this kind of stuff. So we really didn't get that. <laughs> of course, dad wanted me to come practice with him and all this stuff. So I did. I went to work with my father. I worked part-time with my father and part-time for, an, an, you know, another dentist until I built up, you know, big enough, uh, busy enough book that I could work for him full-time. Yep. So, um, but I was commuting. I was living in, in Baltimore where I was for dental school. And I was commuting to Annapolis where I was from. And it's, you know, it was like 48 minutes door to door if you didn't hit traffic, but yep. I hit traffic. So it could take me an hour and a quarter, an hour and a half each way. It was, it was hard. And then I got married and had children. So it was really difficult, but you know, dad treated me to lunch, paid me a nice, you know, sound. It was very nice. Very nice. And my mother worked in the practice. She was office manager. Oh, wow. That's right. And it's Fran, Stan, Joanne. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> and we had a sign um, that said family dentistry. Mm-hmm. And we really meant it because it was Stan, Fran, Joanne. That's so funny. So they would call me Dr. Joe and Dr. Stan and all that. So it was, I was with my father actually for 18 years, practiced with my parents. Um, it was great because he could take off more and I'd work more and, you know, it, it was, it was great. Yeah. Um, but we didn't want to move to Annapolis. My husband was established in Baltimore. The kids were in school. Um, but I'm going to backtrack for one minute because this kind of is interesting, I think, for the listeners. So kind of early on, I don't know, maybe I'd been out of dental school maybe three years or so, University of Maryland Alumni Association wanted me to get on the Alumni Association board. And I said, sure. Well, little did I know it was a bunch of older men and they wanted to have diversity. I was the diversity back then, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'd go to the meetings. And of course, they were doing the same things the same way for many, many, many years. And they were trying to change up things supposedly for the next reunion. So I gave them all these great ideas. We're going to have this instead of this and this instead of this. And they all loved the ideas. And the minute that meeting was over, it went back to the way it was. Boys club. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. So I practiced with dad and mom for 18 years. And we really thought it was my sister, my siblings. We all thought it was really kind of time for dad to think about retiring. He didn't think so, but we kind of thought, so he was cutting back and playing more golf. And someone I knew who had a practice seven minutes from my home and seven minutes from my kid's school, like perfect, wanted me to buy their small practice. So brought dad in, brought my husband in, brought everybody in. And we decided this was the right thing to do and within no time dad sold his practice wow but ideally he owned the building and ah. there was other tenants and we just exactly a year and two days ago were able to sell all his property in annapolis mid-pandemic beginning pandemic really and um yeah it was it was great um so it, it all worked out fine wow yeah he, he got real lucky he had a real nice couple buildings in annapolis so but and the, the woman who bought his practice is still there and we pop in and visit her. And I love um, that. So I bought this small practice, but I had to share space with another woman. 
And the other woman had more of less a HMO practice. Ah. I did not know what was in store for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the first day, everything was fine. But after that, wasn't so fine. So I, the 800 patients that I bought, because we shared the space. She had her own patients. I bought 800 patients from a wonderful dentist, wonderful man. Um, he had two offices and he had gone to LVI and he wanted to just have his little boutique LVI practice, which was about half an hour from the other practice. Uh-huh. So I knew the 800 patients, some were going to follow him, you know, close relatives, patient, whatever. Mm-hmm. I knew that. So I knew there, you know, but there was an older associate in the practice who years ago owned it. And the one I bought it from had worked for him, but they flip-flopped roles. And I didn't keep on this older man because I had heard things, um, you know, his patients don't pay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how busy I'd be. So I didn't keep him on. Turns out he goes and gets a job across the way, across the main drag from my office. And before I actually came in there, he copied down the names and numbers of 200 patients that were his. There was no contract and out the door they went. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So I ended up with about 200 of the 800 patients when all was said and done. Mm -hmm. you know, and it was, I didn't spend a lot of money for the practice. And I did a lot of things to fix up the operatories that I had fixed up the office, even though the woman I was with, she wouldn't spend a penny, but I wanted to, at least my areas to look nice. And if it was a common area, I paid for it. And I had a six-year lease with this woman. Six years. That's a huge commitment. I I had to stay for six years. So I had (laughs) dental CPA, and after about five years into it, a little before five years, we started looking for another space. And I found a wonderful space across the street, literally next door to the top oral surgeons in the area. Like we shared a wall. Uh-huh. So I said to the woman, I'm going to leave a year early. And there's a lot of old equipment there. I uh-huh. said, I'm going to, and we shared it. You know, we owned it all together. I said, I'm going to give you everything. Just let me out of the lease a year early. And she said, moving forward, which meant no. What? Yep. So I lawyered up. Yeah, I lawyered up. And um, she had to pay me for half of what was there, which, so all the money I got went to the lawyer's fees, but at least she had to. Oh, ridiculous. Why? Why? I built my dream practice across the street and it was five operatories. It was about, I don't know. 1700 square feet mm-hmm. um, and everything was great. And I, and before I left to build that, I just worked my tail off and I started marketing, trying all these new ideas and marketing, marketing, marketing. And you know, that 200 patients kept growing and growing and growing. And then we moved to this beautiful office and it's growing and growing. And I took on more hygienists and I took on an associate and blah, 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 blah. And then next thing you know, a couple of years later, I was able to make the office bigger. I was able to expand. That's amazing. So I went from five to eight operatories. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, now I have two full-time associates post-pandemic. That's amazing too. I know that you've just grown into that. Yeah. So the one, um, the woman, I mean, my gosh, like to sign, to sign something like that's that long with someone you didn't know her prior to going in. No, we knew each other. I just didn't really know her. Well, got it. That's what I mean. It's not like it's someone that you... I mean, that's like a marriage. That is like a marriage. So it's kind of blind if you've had a couple of dates, but you don't really, really yeah. know. 
Yeah. Well, I can tell you story. I'm not going to bother telling you, but I could tell you stories you would not believe things that happened when I was there. Yeah, it was. No, you hear. It's so unfortunate you hear things like that. I mean, that's why, like, even with me, when I departed, I was just, you know what? You want everything to be um, happy. I was just going to use the word happy ending. I'm going to refrain from that. <laughs> you just, you know what I mean? You want it to be like, just for everybody involved, especially like the patients and us. And it's just not worth it at the end of the day. I never understood the, um, oh my gosh, what do they call them when they won't let you practice within a certain covenant not to compete? Yes. The non to compete. I was like, people are going to follow whomever they love. Regardless, you cannot control somebody from going to that other person. So you just hope you create, like I said, you, you've, you know, you've showed up and been that person that they want to stay with. But so when you were with your dad, um, all those years you were with your dad, the 18 years before you broke off even to do this practice, did you ever have a dream or vision for the practice for like, I know obviously you loved your dad and you commuted. Now I commuted 45 minutes to my mom too from, from Boston. I lived downtown Boston and I would commute every day to her office in the morning and because I loved being around her. I loved her space. I loved her office and all that. But it did get a little exhausting, tiring. My friends would go out, you know, in the evening and like the commute was a lot because I got stuck in traffic as well, right? Like the Boston. So, you know, that started creating the vision of having something else, something more, um, you know, I didn't know what that was. Did you have, you know, because you're a visionary too. Like, I know you're super creative. Like, did you have a dream in your head about down the line at some point what your practice would look like if you, or when you had your own? Well, dad took a lot of insurance, a lot of, he just felt like he needed to take all this because of me and blah, blah, blah. And I knew that I didn't really want that. And I, you know, I didn't know that I'd ever be totally fee for service because I'm not, but I wanted to do more cosmetics. I wanted to, you know, do things my way. I really, honestly, when I worked with him, I just went with the flow. I didn't, I wasn't a visionary then. I didn't suggest doing this, that, or the other. I just kind of went with the flow. I mean, maybe a few things here and there, but, you know, I mean, we had one computer in the office. That was it. Right. Internet. So you didn't have, I met, I guess when I, by visionary, I meant like the ground, like the entrepreneurial spirit for wanting your own. Like for me, like even in my mom's space, I'd look around decor wise and I'd be like, I have a vision for the girly practice I want or what. I, you know, what I want in that regard. Well, I think I had thought about starting my own practice earlier than this. And I always had cold feet. I really, cause I don't know, I hate to say it, but my father said to me once, you know, I don't think you could run a practice by yourself. And what happens if this breaks out? Cause every, it was like a standing joke. Every time they would go on vacation, something major, the suction, the compressor, someone would hit a, their car would hit a pole and all the electricity every single time they went away. Oh my God. But you know what? You learned, you learn how to do all that. You learn to do all that kind of stuff. My gosh, you just made me start thinking that maybe we, we draw it, bring it to ourselves. There's always something, right? It just seems like, like, yeah, you, you know, the biggest bills come in, lab bills, all of a sudden something, something happens, something goes down or isn't working or whatever. Um, it's just, it's just, I remember it well. <laughs> but then, you know, I, so I had this practice and I honestly, I went through a lot of associates, unfortunately, when I, it was really, it was really like a revolving door. I just, I just had something rather, I think I just maybe didn't interview problem. I don't know what it was, but I really just had a lot of problems, but luckily now, you know, we'll see, we we'll see, I have two great women, one's full-time, one's going to be full-time and they are really taking the reins back. I don't do any sedation. 
And one of them said to me today, I'm certified in sedation. I really want to get all the paperwork rolling and do this. I said, that would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah. She, you know, she does um, fillers and Botox and all that. And so maybe, you know, I'll let her do, do that. But yeah, I still have to, I went through some bad time. I had an associate, he wanted to place implants and I don't place implants. I've got these great surgeons next door. I'm going to restore all the implants. I let him talk me into buying an implant system. He bought, he didn't buy the strawman. He bought one that's sort of GP friendly from Israel. And I let him. And he was very young looking. And the patients, like, were not, they didn't have a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. So when he said, I can place your implant, no, 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 you know. And he finally got one patient to let him place the implant. And things were not working out with us. I let him go. And I'll be darned if that implant, the one he placed, failed. Oh my God. Then I had to pay an oral surgeon to, you know, place it and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I have to be very leery because I don't want these associates coming in and having problems that I can't fix. Right, right, right. It's really, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it is. But it's giving you now later in life, the freedom after having worked so long and hard. So bring me back to when you had children and I mean, glorious that the practice that you ended up uh, buying into originally was seven minutes. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. I remember my mom moved when we were younger too to a space closer. And then even for me, proximity, when we moved to Chicago, it was like, oh my gosh, let's be, let's live close to the office because we live in our offices I know. half the time. Um, but when you had children, how did that work out having your, your practice as far as how much you worked? Did you have a nanny? Um, yeah, I always had a nanny. In fact, we had one for years and years and years. Um, we had some others before that, but you know, again, like the associates, it doesn't always happen the first time. Right. My husband was very flexible. Oh, that's good. And you know, working for dad, I could be flexible. You know, if I wanted to leave to go to the tennis match or the basketball game, you know, we'd plan it into the schedule. You know, you got the schedule ahead of time and, yeah. um, he was very flexible. Yeah, that's and, a huge win with a parent. Yeah, you know, we had great carpools and whatever it was. And I don't feel like I missed out, honestly, yeah. you know. Um, but like you said, with the flexibility. So I just became a grandmother, as you know, two and a half weeks ago. Yes. So like when we're done this podcast, I'm running over to see the baby or, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm working so much less. I think I'm seeing patients 60% less than I used to. So tell me how this came about, like quarantine and, and all of the things. And wow. So I'm going to back up a little bit. So I had this office manager for 13 years. We were thick as, I thought we were thick as thieves. Um, and years ago, the woman who owns the dental lab called me and she said, we had this space and we like to have lecturers come in. You've been to some of our lectures. I'd like you to lecture. I said, lecture on what? Usually they have prosthodontists, they have oral surgeons, they have periodontist. She wanted me to lecture. I said, on what? <laughs> she said, on accounts receivables. I said, accounts receivables? She said, yes, you're the only person who pays their lab bill on time. Wow. Oh my gosh. Woo. So I went to my, my uh, office manager and I said, I have this vision. One of your words. Okay. The vision is I want to create a PowerPoint. I want you to help me. And it's going to be called the nine steps to creating a thriving and profitable dental practice. As I said, the first step is your vision and all, you know, your vision and your goals and your all that. And then at the end is, if you follow the first eight steps, 
you won't have any problems with accounts receivables because we're going to give you the steps to be able to do this. But if you do have a problem, here's how you're going to fix it. Mm -hmm. So we did this PowerPoint. We did it for a lot of dentists and dental students. We did it many times, several at that lab, but then other groups and study clubs asked us to do that. So that was really cool. So that was kind of like, not a second career, but something that I started and enjoying. So then um, right before COVID, maybe a year before, I get a call from the Connecticut State Dental Association meeting. We want you to speak at our meeting, but you got to do two topics. So I had the first topic, which we made longer, and I was just going to be me at this point. And then the second one was called Outside the Box Dental Marketing. And I think you've heard part of that. Yes. yes, during COVID. So then it turns out they don't have the meeting. It's canceled. They didn't even do it virtually because it was kind of early on. They were having their meeting in May last year. So that was a little bit early to have, you know, gotten that together. But then so many different groups of people were trying to put together these webinars and different things. So I kept saying, I'll speak, I'll speak, I'll speak. So we, you know, tailored, tailored it down to whatever I needed to speak on. But for the most part, we did the marketing one. Mm -hmm. I just, the whole time we were shut down COVID, I was full speed ahead. I took Jessica's branding course. Uh -huh. It was every Monday. I think that was around lunchtime, wasn't it? Yes, it's so fun. I really yeah. love it. I called every single patient who was over the age of 80 to see how they were doing. Some of them actually, believe it or not, posted on Facebook. Yes. Yep. I, um, oh boy, I did so many things. The big thing that I did was, um, well, I, I took everything that you taught me and I started working on that, but I had this idea. There was a woman I knew from the gym and she's a hairdresser. She owns a hair salon and she was selling hair color outside of her salon dressed in PPE to all her clients because they couldn't get their hair colored. And I thought, I don't want anyone to buy anything, but what can I do to help my patients and the community who can't go to the dentist unless they have an emergency? So I created this project called Crossroads Cares. My practice is called Crossroads Dental Arts. Mm -hmm. And I stood outside the office dressed in PPE with some of my staff. And we had these little gift bags and in them, a lot of swag. But the main thing was these um, oral health care kits that you can actually buy in a retail store, yeah. like a Walgreens. We got a really good yeah. deal on them. And they had actually what they call a pick. They had a dental mirror. They had a rubber tip and instructions how to use this. And I got someone I knew in, in PR to get me on three TV stations, yep. two newspapers that were local, the radio, and we had cars lined up like you can't imagine. We did it two days in a row. The TV cameras were there. We ran out in no time. I had to have a rain check date. It was crazy. And I'm still a year later getting patients from Crossroads Cares, my project. Amazing. I love that so much. I remember that so well it feels like yesterday right I can't believe oh. the fast forward it was actually last May we did it so that was one thing I did but I mean um my office manager that we were thick as thieves did not come back to work for me she tried to work from home there was a lot of health issues she felt that she didn't want to wear a mask and be at the office and that was like wow what am I going to do she was the keys to the kingdom yep. and we recalibrated and i divvied up her duties and I hired a Dentrix trainer because I use Dentrix to teach us more things. And actually the Dentrix trainer still now, July will be a year, still comes to my office like a half a day a week to help and do things that we need help with and we don't know how to do or teach or whatever. Wow. It's so worth the money. I can't begin to tell you. Yeah. But she happens to live practically in the backyard of the office. It was just oh. a fluke. I didn't even know the woman. 
my um, shine rep told me about her. Yep. So that worked out and just so many things we did. I just didn't sit still. I yep. had no staff. They were all furloughed. Um, in hindsight, that probably wasn't the best thing to do because I could have seen some more patients, you know, because if I did see emergencies, I went to the office by myself yeah. and I referred them. I know. No, I remember I said they had oral surgeons next door. Yeah. So this is a really cool thing I did. We had some new patients calling or even existing patients and they would come in and I'd say, you need a tooth extracted. I would refer them to oral surgeon next door. And even if the appointment wasn't that day, I went to the appointment with them. Oh, I love that. I've done that. Went to that appointment. Yeah. And did my swag to the new patients, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I did a lot of things that were outside the box. Yeah. Um, and I just, 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 as you know, was published. I, I wrote an article about how I turned, you know, lemons into lemonade and how I made 2020. I actually, my uh, collections were actually above what they were in 2019. So I wrote an article and it just came out like last week in dental economics. And so that was really cool. Which is awesome. And, so cool. So cool. And I mentioned, of course, the branding course and everything else I did. Because my dental CPA came to dinner one night, and this was several months ago, and he said, how'd you end up 2020? I said, I was ahead of 2019. He said, what? How did you do it? And I, you know, rattled off a few things. He says, you need to write this as an article. And I'm friends with Chris Salerno with Dental Economics, who I met, and we got it written. And now I have the bug, and I wrote another article, and it, I sent it to Chris yesterday. Oh, that's awesome! It's it's the it's making pivots, right? It's like yeah. during that time, I feel like either you could be of one of two camps: either you could remain stagnant and sit with scarcity mindset, or you could freaking like light that fire and lean in. And you were one of those people. I was one of those people. I mean, like showing up every day. For growth because we had the time to lean in and you know create things do things and from that like I said all these other amazing things have have come in yeah um, I mean another thing that I did after I called all the patients who were over 80 I actually knew about six young dentists some of them had been my associates who had just either started practices or bought practices I called each and every one of them can I help you what are you going through let's talk about this I love that. and yeah I mean I just it, it made me feel so good yes yeah I mean I wasn't getting anything out of this except I felt good of course well karma like it all comes back I mean that's that's what it's about is giving and community over competition all day long and you know that's what this platform's for and girl gang and all that because it has a huge mastermind of women coming together helping other women like we can go so far we can disrupt dentistry and that's what we need to lean into instead of like I said, staying in this, you know, imposter syndrome zone, uh, you know, with, like I said, that scarcity, that kind of mindset that they can't grow. Or for me, I'm like, they want to grow and they invest all this money in learning how to do that beautiful distal back molar, but they're not forward facing with their brand to yeah. bring people in on, you know, who they, who they are. So I just feel like dentistry is a little bit upside down still, which you and I, I know we're both really working to get the word out and change it. Well, I don't know about with you, probably, but when I graduated 86, for years, I would go to dental meetings and I was the only woman, hmm. only woman. And now it's much different. Yes. Much different. But at my actual area where my practice is, compared to when I was in Annapolis, Annapolis had some more forward thinking women. 
And there were specialists that were women that owned their own practices. I don't know why they weren't at most of these meetings, but early on they weren't. But in Baltimore, where I am, it's just starting to get some females. Most of the practices where I, or all the practices where I am, they're pretty much owned by males or might be a female partner and associate. But, and then a bunch of them, like people my age and a little younger are starting to sell their practices. But again, they're selling to males. They're still not right in my area. There aren't a lot of female dentists, which is great for me. Yeah, it is. Both of my associates are females. I feel like in, uh, and I don't have the statistics, but they have said, you know, that with the DSOs coming in fast and furious, they're making it like a no brainer for those coming out of school with the debt they have to, you know, sign up with them. So it just seems like they're steamrolling in and they're, again, are going to be either the ones that are forward facing strong brands like fee for service and all of that. And then, or DSOs, because the younger dentists don't know, like they don't have mentors, which is what we want to be. Um, right. We need, we need more of, we absolutely need more of, um, you know, and I just feel like it's scary. It's, it's so scary for them. And well, I will say like, when I've come to your uh, meetings, um, granted, it wasn't a tremendous amount of people, but the young women that were there, they've, they all own their own practice early on young women. I didn't have any of that. When I was out of school, that's why I didn't know my, nobody did. None of the women owned their own practice. Right. There was one woman I was really friendly with. She was like a glorified hygienist and then got out of dentistry and went to work with her husband and selling pharmaceuticals all these years. Huh. Like she wasn't, didn't even really practice dentistry. Wow. I'm so glad to see that. I mean, I see these, some of these women and uh, even the upcoming um class that you're giving. I'm like looking at some of these women and thinking, wow, this, look what they're doing. Look, yeah. look at their practices. And right. it's great. Cause I did not have that. Yes. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I'm always, well, with my mom, she graduated, um, she had the three of us and then, and she had been a hygienist and she went back to dental school, graduated in 88 and then opened her own practice. And so I've always only seen and been around like a powerhouse, uh, female, Cedric, you know, like had me marching in Washington for equal rights for women, women, you know, all the things. So I never really saw anything other than my mom practicing dentistry and all that. So I didn't see like what you're saying per se. And then of course me having my own practice. And then of course, dental story is we do attract uh, women and then we've got our honorary, you know, Dr. Paul <laughs> yeah. member, but it's, you know, it seems like my brand does bring the women in that are all like powerhouse um, practice owners, which is great. And I love that because they are wanting to grow and change. And I love like-minded, you know, female entrepreneurial women that are out there to change the world. And, and like I said, the experience for our patients to make it a better, you know, experience overall, because that's what it's about at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, we're, we're breaking uh, the ceilings, right? Yes, breaking glass ceilings, 100%. Um, so yeah, it's really, really been fun, continues to be to be fun. And like I said, even in, in my practice, when I was selling, it, it's interesting. Like, I mean, I knew instantly that it was Brittany, but I had to bring on a broker who was a total ass. And I don't even know why I did that for the money I had to pay him. I, it still makes me sick. I try not to even go there and think about it. Ugh. Just like, didn't even bring a bottle of champagne. Like I did all of, Brittany and I talked and did everything. Like he did nothing except bring in one male to look at it because he said, oh, well, wait a minute. You want to have someone, you know, offer, someone will offer you X. Like we need to bring someone in. The minute that that male walked in, hell to the no. 
I was just, I was like through and through, he, it is not the right, like not the right fit. And this is not about money. This is about legacy. This is about my patients and my team being taken care of. And for it to feel the same way, you know, as, as it did before I left. And Brittany, isn't it, I, I mean, her social media, it's fab. Everything's fab. My twin. I know she's like, I, she used my same, well, my, the photographer that I use and all of that, we, so, I mean, her brand, I mean, you do look, sometimes you look twice in some of the photos because like I said, we both have the, the brunette hair and everything, but she was like when I, when she walked in the front door to that practice and I, I, I telling you, and you know, I have a strong sixth sense and I, I knew immediately that it was her and that it was time. I mean, there was no other question. It was like, this is the time she is me at 35 years old and this is, it's hers now. I mean, that was it. It didn't matter. I would have given it away. Like you said, with your other partner, you know, and said, listen, it's my time next chapter as a startup. I'm not scared. I've done it before. I can do it again. And when you're really passionate about something, as you know, you can build anything, um, you know, that you have a dream for. So you just, like I said, do what you love and the money will follow. Don't get trapped in thinking. It's been interesting because so many people have said, um, either I've gotten, how did you get out? Which is amazing and fuels my fire even more to help, you know, flip this switch. Um, or like, why, why with, with debt, with why you went to school all those years, I'm saying, why not? You get one life. I'm going to be dust years from now. Like, why wouldn't I lean in to the next chapter? If that's where I'm being called versus right. staying in something that isn't feeding me, my soul. Therefore I would not be able to feed other humans around me, AKA my family and everybody else, you know? So it's now like, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. And that's just what I want, I think, women to know and what, you know, you're super passionate, like me too, like show up and have fun and take care of your people, you know, love what you do. Obviously, we're going to run into those, the little, like I said, the, the little flips in the radar, um, because someone's not for everyone. So when you are looking for someone in your practice, you've got to go through just like dating, you just, right. you have to go through the, the motions. Well, I'm hoping that the one or both of the, I'd love the, the two I have now to buy the practice when I'm ready. Um, they both have shown an interest. They, unfortunately, because of COVID, one works at this end of the office, one here, you know, no one's going to lunch together. It's like ships passing in the night. So we'll see. We're going to get that worked out. Woman, you just set that vision and intention. You know it. <laughs> Before right. you know, you'll be with your grandbaby every single day, which she's so lucky that she has you loving on her and that you're close because I think, yeah, they live 20 minutes from here. So. Yeah. I mean, family is everything to have the, the time to seize the time and, and enjoy it now. Um, you know, I've been given the gift to spend more time with my children now, even though I work a lot, it's crazy. Even being at home, I work more probably than I've ever worked, but it, the proximity is closer to my kids and I can take time to sit down and eat with them, which like I didn't do, but making sure we cherish those moments again, you know, talking to Dennis, it's like, they're there for two hours after, you know, the, the practice closes. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Wait a minute, where's the breakdown in this system? You yeah. know? And so all of that, I think, comes with time and experience. And for all of you listeners out there to lean on someone like Joanne or myself, you know, if you have any questions or you feel stuck, you know, really, I know you like me would be more than. Uh, I'd love to, like I told you, I called all those dentists when we shut down. Yeah. And then all these other dentists around my age were all calling me. 
what air filter do I get? And what do I do? You know, that, 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 you know, and I was watching all these webinars by this, by this, do this, do that, you know, yeah. um, and we're pretty much doing everything the same we were a year ago, other than we just stopped with the pulse, pulse oximeter. We did stop that, but everything else um, we're still doing. We'll see. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hopefully like I said, we're transitioning and forever growing anyway, right? Forever growing with uh, our, our mindsets and, and everything else. Never stop growing. Do you have um, anything we didn't cover that you want to share? I don't think so. I think I talked it awful. <laughs> I think I covered a lot of territory. It was fun, fun, fun. Oh my gosh, there's so much goodness. And I always love, love, love catching up with you. And I'm so excited to see you live in what is it, a month and a half? We're counting down. I had the days, but. I haven't been to Charleston. We went to Keele with the kids when they were young. Yeah. Young, young. And that's the last time. So really looking forward to it. Even though I love Chicago, that was fun. I mean. Yeah, Chicago was fun. And maybe like I said, we'll go back. But Charleston is amazing and so cute when it comes to photos. Like you will be, you'll be just, yeah, in your element for sure. So <laughs> he's coming to my workshop um, in a few weeks. We get to see each other live in person, which I'm really looking lots for. Lots and lots of content. So always building content, always thinking about that. Um, so many goodies that you don't know about. I can't wait. Oh my gosh, I love it. See, you out of the box thinker. I love it. So much I have to ship some of it to the hotel. Stop it. Oh my gosh. I got the best bags because we have so much swag. Of the best sponsors. I have a whole haul full of boxes. So many sponsors came out this time and said, let us, let us send you stuff for this workshop. Cause I think they, you know, they see we're doing yeah. the content, which is awesome because everyone gets as a platform to be able to shout out those businesses. Yeah. Well. We, when we're posting there, we're tagging all those businesses. Yes. It's yes. It's so great. So speaking of tags, where do people find you? Oh, okay. Well, I, the best way is to just email me. So kind of a long email. So I'll maybe repeat it. Dr. Period. J. B R at crossroads with an S dental arts then S.com. Dr. Dot J B R at crossroads dental arts.com. And we'll drop it in the show notes too. So people will be able to find it beneath sure, sure. the podcast. And then of course your Instagram. Oh, Rob, excuse me. At crossroads dental arts. <laughs> Keeping it consistent. Gotta love it. Yes. Please go ahead and follow her. She is, like I said, up and my gosh, just making moves, making moves in dentistry. And I love watching you. I love watching just everything you're doing. Um, it's so incredible. Keep it. I just love our relationship and how it's developed. And I know every time I find something that I want to share, I'm sending a DM and back and forth. I mean, it could be all other, sometimes it's all hours of the night. Aren't we talking? Yes. <laughs> I know it is. What are you doing up? What are you doing up? It is, but like, let's close on that. The power of social media, once again, for the win, it's yeah. all in the DM and all of these amazing relationships that are cultivated through social media. Yes, we met in person, but it was all about how to basically step into social media or if you had had no interest at that time we would have crossed like ships in the night and it would have never happened so um i'm grateful for you being in my life and my world and oh, i thank you for, for, <laughs> for sharing all of this amazing with everybody else hey you guys thanks for showing up today and listening to our um our podcast and if you have any questions at all please feel free to reach out to both of us we are here from you or you <laughs> we'll see you next time